It's Wednesday, November 25th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. I am alone in the studio. Yes, if you're a longtime listener, it's one of those. If you're one of our new listeners, I hope you enjoyed the Millennials and Investing two part series that David Kretzman and Aaron Bush and I did. We had fun doing it. Hope people enjoyed it. You can always drop us an email, marketfoolery at fool.com. If you have more questions, if you think we should do it again, if you think, no, that was fine, don't ever do it again, whatever, drop us an email. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. It is Thanksgiving week, so it's a short week. The market is closed on Thursday. It is, I guess, technically a half day on Friday. The market will close at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, presumably, so that the people who work there can go get their Black Friday shopping in. But I want to talk about a couple of things today. And I'll start with something Nell Minow mentioned on the radio show last week when we were talking about movies. And she was saying that the movie to keep an eye out for over the holidays, yes, obviously Star Wars, but the big short, the film version of Michael Lewis's great book, The Big Short. And that's one of those business books that, if you haven't read it, definitely put it on your list because it's a it is a brilliant profile of a few people who saw the 2008 housing crisis coming and were able to massively profit off of it. But it got me thinking about business movies in general, and I realized that The Big Short, while it technically will come out in 2015, it's really going to hit theaters in January. And it got me thinking about a business movie that I had seen recently that I want to recommend, because I think it's the best business movie of the year. It's a documentary called All Things Must Pass, The Rise and Fall of Tower Records. Now, if you're in your 20s, or even in your 30s, completely understandable if you're furrowing your brow, thinking, wait a minute, what is Tower Records? But this is this is a great documentary, and it's one of those businesses that is surprising in a lot of ways. And this is a, a film you're going to have to work to find, because it's not really in theaters. I think it hits Netflix and Amazon Prime in a few weeks. But Tower Records started in 1960, and had a 40-year run of being profitable every year. And by 1999, it was doing over a billion dollars in sales. And five years later, the company was bankrupt. And if you like business at all, if you like music at all, I promise you're really going to enjoy this movie. It's got people like Bruce Springsteen and Elton John and Dave Grohl talking about what Tower Records meant to them. In the case of Dave Grohl, he he's not only one of the biggest stars in music, he's also a former employee of Tower Records. But the person at the center of it all is a guy named Russ Solomon. He founded the company. And we talk about businesses that people have a great affinity for, and we talk about founder-led companies where the founder has a lot of passion. And Russ Solomon has that 100%. And what's interesting to me, one of the interesting things I think about this movie is that there are things that Russ Solomon did in building this business, which started in Sacramento, California, as a single record store and then became this global retailer. 
he was really ahead of his time in some of the ways that he ran his business. He ran a very flat organization. He delegated a lot to his lieutenants. It was a national chain, but there was not a lot of the national business dictating to the local stores, this is how you have to run it. The local stores had a lot of control in terms of how they would set up displays and what the artwork would look like. And Dave Grohl talks about how he got a job at Tower Records because it was the one place where he could work where he wouldn't have to cut his hair. And what was the most important thing in employees was passion for music. By the way, there were other things that Ross Solomon did in running that business that when you're watching it, you're thinking, wow, it's kind of amazing this business lasted as long as it did with some of the things that were just sloppy uh, and things that were in some ways just criminal. You know, one of the employees talks about how he would submit as a business expense, he, he would look to be reimbursed for money that he spent on cocaine. And he would just submit that as a business expense, which is pretty astounding if you think about it. And for anyone who wonders about how quickly technology can move, there's an incredible moment in this documentary where Russ Solomon is doing this interview in the 1990s, and he's being asked about the changing technology in the music business. And at that point in time, the big change was moving from vinyl records and cassettes to CDs. And he's asked about this crazy notion of, in the future, music will actually be beamed into your home, and video could be beamed into your home. And he says, you know what, that may happen at some point, but if it does happen, it's going to come over a long period of time, and we're going to be able to deal with it. Not exactly how it played out, uh, but again, I, I I strongly recommend this movie for anyone who, like I said, if you like business, if you like music, it's an incredible story. All things must pass the rise and fall of Tower Records. I have a couple of housekeeping items before uh, wrapping up with a couple of thoughts around Thanksgiving. Uh, one is that hard to believe. But yes, we're already thinking about summer internships for 2016. Those are going to be posted soon on our site. I will let you know when they get posted, so keep an ear out for that. Second, I mentioned this on the radio show, Matt Argusinger, who heads up our Million Dollar Portfolio Service, we talked a little bit about how that service is open to new members. If you're interested, you can go to mdpradio.fool.com. We've got a site set up with videos, and some of the people that you hear on this show, on the radio show, Matt Argusinger, Simon Erickson, Jason Moser, also David and Tom Gardner. And one of the things you'll find on the site is people talking about stocks that they're really interested in for 2016. mdpradio.fool.com. Check it out. It's, it's a free site. Million-dollar portfolio, by the way. Not a free service. <laughs> As you probably know, and I'll say about MDP what I said about options when Jeff Fisher was in the studio about a month ago. Million dollar portfolio, really good service, really amazing team that Matt Argusinger has working with him. But just like with Motley Fool Options, it's not for everyone. So check out the site. 
If it's right for you, you'll know. If it's not, that's fine. mdpradio.fool.com. Final housekeeping note. I mentioned the run for shelter race that we had. This was on Sunday. We had a great turnout. We had about 40 people from the Motley Fool. Nearly 700 people registered for the races. There was a 5K race and a 10K race and a fun run for kids and raised a lot of money for the Carpenter Shelter. If you're wondering how some of the fools that you've listened to did, Tim Hansen did great. We did not win. The, the Motley Fool's winning streak in the 10K race came to an end because Max Hacker, one of our financial planners and the defending champion in the 10K race, Max had another commitment, so he was not able to do it. So, Tim Hansen did great. I think he finished maybe 10th, maybe even in the top 10. Christine Hargis, who is one of the hosts of Industry Focus, the Industry Focus podcast. Christine Hargis came in third overall for the women in the 5K race. And I'm not going to lie, Morgan Housel, I said on this podcast, Morgan's in good shape. Morgan could do well in the race, but Morgan has a newborn baby, and if he gets a terrible night's sleep, he could finish last. And I'll be honest, I was I was kind of rooting for the latter. I know that's not the nicest thought in the world, but just for humor's sake, I thought that'd be kind of interesting. Now his his kid had a good night's sleep, so he had a good night's sleep. Morgan did great, and uh, and thanks again to the Carpenter Shelter. It's a great organization here in Alexandria. They do a wonderful job of helping people who have had a rough patch in their life. They're struggling. Some of the people who are there are kids. Uh, it's people with jobs, and, and the Carpenter Shelter, shelter is there to, to help them out. So, as I mentioned, Thursday is Thanksgiving here in America. I know most countries don't have a Thanksgiving holiday, but stick with me on this one. I'm going to be heading up to Boston going to my sister's house, where we will have a cozy sit-down dinner for about 45 people. And I grew up in Maine, and every year we'd pack up the car and drive down to Massachusetts to my aunt's house in Lowell, Massachusetts. And that was a drive that took three and a half, four hours, and kind of a schlep. You know, just not not a particularly easy drive. Not the worst drive in the world, but just it was an effort. It was a serious effort. And I know that every family has a history, every family has memories, and those memories are often captured in photos. And my family's Thanksgiving is centered around my mother's side of the family. She's one of four daughters in her family. And so Every five to ten years, we will take a big group photo for Thanksgiving. And one of the iconic photos in our family history is the first time that happened. It was 1963, and it's my mom, her three sisters, their mother, and about 15 children who are between the ages of one and ten. And that is a photo that my siblings and I and my cousins and I, we, we look at that photo now and we just kind of laugh to ourselves because all we can think is, oh my God, that looks exhausting. That's just an exhausting amount of effort went into that photo with that many small kids and just a few adults. And 
every once in a while, we just sort of go, "What? How horrible that must have been!" Don't get me wrong. We love each other. We love our kids. But if you're a parent, you know, little kids are exhausting, and so you get that many little kids together. And I remember asking my mom one time, just. Did you ever think about taking a year off? Did you ever think about saying, you know what, this year we're just going to stay in Maine, we're not going to go through that effort? And she said, no, I never thought about that because it was important to us and it was important to your grandmother and it was what we all wanted. And it got me just to thinking about how we talk about investments and some investments have nothing to do with money. When you invest in your family, you invest in your friends, in your community, it's not about money. That, by the way, is a really good reason to invest, so that you have money to dedicate to causes that you care about, to help out a family member or a friend. But those are really important investments that don't really have anything to do with money. So, wherever you are in the world, please take a moment this week, even if you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, as we do here in America, please just take a moment to give thanks. Because I know that some of you are struggling with work, with family, with school, your health, relationships. We all struggle. Just as the stock market hits a rough patch for a year or two, so do we. Every one of us hits a rough patch now and then. And when you get through it, just like with the stock market, you come out stronger on the other side, a little wiser on the other side, and it helps you to appreciate the good times even more. That's going to do it for today's edition of Market Foolery. Shows mixed by Dan Boyd. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.